me your ears. (laughs) This nation will rise up. This is the Awesome Health Podcast. Guys, welcome to the Awesome Health Podcast, episode number one. Wow, this is awesome. Um, The first interview I've done for the Awesome Health Podcast. Um, Incredibly exciting for me to launch this project. Also a little bit nervous and apprehensive. Um, Lots of ums and ahs I'm sure are coming across in in what I'm delivering to you guys. Certainly if you listen to episode zero, um, my apologies for that. I can only hope it's going to get better. I'm going to get better at delivering. and better at public speaking and that's one of my goals for 2019 so uh stick with me please 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 stick with me um you can slate me on social media as long as you keep listening <laughs> um we have got adam stansbury i think i said that right adam Sansbury, even on this episode he is the plant-powered pt awesome bloke and this episode is is really exciting i didn't know adam much before recording with him but he's got an incredible story. He really has. He's overcome some some huge uh, medical problems and some huge abdominal um, intestinal surgeries, uh, which we discuss and we dive into. And, and that's really interesting. His journey to finding health, um, finding meaning in 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 being a vegan, um, why he's a vegan. Um, his approach to health and well being, and the, the transformative process that he's been through from. Uh, from being quite ego-driven, I don't think you'd be mind me saying that, quite ego-driven in the first instance and, and doing some some sports modelling, male modelling, um, to, to what's much, much more of a centred human being now and, and someone who, who who takes their health really, really seriously and, and, and empowers others to do the same with his unique approach. Um, yeah, awesome bloke. Uh, loads to talk about. We could have gone on for hours and hours. Um, we dive into it. We get into the weeds, and hopefully, you guys are able to pull some real gems. I, I know there are lots there, and I'm, I'm intrigued to see your feedback to the podcast with Adam. So, listen up, and let's jump straight in to the plant-powered PT. Adam, thank Yo. you very much um, for coming all the way down to Brighton and recording with me. Pleasure, mate. Um, really good to be here. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, mate. Always uh, a, like an opportunity to get out of London. Great, great. Fresh great. air in the lungs. Great. So um, you've heard a little bit about Adam, and now we're going to dive straight in um, to your story, if that's okay, Adam, and just yeah. sort of understand um, where you've come from um, and where... The, the journey you've been on in terms of your health and fitness and I know you've had some struggles um some surgeries some ups and downs and, and it's sort of an ever-evolving journey yeah. um so I don't know where, where feels it's natural for you to start and just yeah sure just... um so hi everyone yeah I'm, I'm Adam Stansbury I'm basically also known as the plant power PT and I kind of like to specialize in showing men and women how they can get fit strong and healthy on a plant-based diet um trying to you know show people how they can transform not only their bodies but also the planet potentially as well so that's really that's where my passion lies now um i guess could go where do we start go back to the beginning of my pt career i guess which is 10 years ago this year um i started as a personal trainer uh, back in 2009 um and also it was the first year i took part in a fitness show fitness modeling show because i was always into did a little bit of modeling professional modeling before that um and wanted to know 
actually I've, I've jumped ahead a bit. <laughs> 2006 was actually when I had my um, first operation because I'd been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. So sorry about that. I'll jump back to that in a wait, second. Wait, wait. So uh, most of the guys I chat to... <clears throat> Um, in your sort of childhood and upbringing, mm. was was health and fitness a big part of your life? And did you have a sports yeah. background? What was yeah, a, was, what was I your was intro? Healthy, yeah, I was healthy kids. Like um, I was always outdoors. I was the one playing with mates, kicking a ball around, climbing a tree. My brother was the one reading books, make, <laughs> making making models, building radio control planes and stuff like that. You know, yeah. Um, and and yeah, I played a lot of tennis when I was a kid. Had a chance for county coaching. Um, but just came into my life at a time where I was actually, I wanted to play with friends more than I wanted to get too serious about tennis. Um, played a little bit of football Sunday league for a while. Um, and then kind of really just, uh, I had a fascination with training and the, the, I guess the male physical form from an early age growing up in the eighties, you had like, you know, obviously Arnie, Sly Stallone, mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Van Damme, all yeah. those guys that you kind of look up to. Um, so I was kind of quite fascinated by the, yeah, like, you know, the front of the bodybuilding magazines, um, men's health, you know, the, in the early days, men's health didn't used to have like any English models on it. It used to be all US models. Um, and they were always very iconic images on the front cover. And I remember as a kid, I, I struggled with my weight a little bit in my sort of early teens um, okay. and got teased, kind of teased by on a couple of occasions by teachers, which kind of, I think, set in motion for me this this feeling that I never wanted to be the fat kid. Right. And um, I always wanted to take control of my body, basically. So yeah. I think, though it was a negative situation, it definitely became like a positive thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then... Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of where my interest in the gym and improving my body kind of came from. But then it was many, many years. It was, that was, you know, early, early teens, like I said, and it wasn't until I was about 30 that I decided that I want to become a personal trainer. Right. Um, and that was, like I said, that was two years after I'd been actually diagnosed with something called ulcerative colitis, Mm. which is the ulceration of the large intestine. Yeah. Um, I'd got diagnosed in August 2005 and put on anti-inflammatory steroids um, and I'd been on those for like five months um, and the disease became steroid dependent so every time I phased off the steroids I'd get a flare-up Ah, okay. Um, and it got to a really bad point in that um, it basically blocked off my whole large intestine and, yeah. they, and they had to operate they had to go in for an emergency operation at Guy's and St Thomas's in, in London. Okay so just to break it down mm. really basic so you had ulcers on the inside yeah. of your intestines yeah. um and you were basic your 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 body was addicted to the steroids mm. in order to to control the inflammation yeah, of absolutely. those um yeah of of that condition yeah absolutely. and without it you just had a complete flare-up yeah. and, and it so and then it got worse uh yeah well it got to so basically it, yeah, so ulcerative colitis creates ulceration on the on the intestinal lining, mm-hmm. bowel lining, um, and it had got to such it got so bad that it had created something called polyps. Yeah, and they're like a bunch. Like I'm sure you know with your background, like a bunch of grapes basically. So this bunch of grapes had grown through all the different levels of inflammation and damage that had happened on my intestine. They'd grown to this grapes and actually blocked off the large intestine. Um, and the doctors and surgeons at the time, um, they didn't know what it was. 
although I got diagnosed a few months previously with UC, because it was doing stuff inside my body that they'd never seen before, they then started to think, or is it is it UC? Is it Crohn's? Is it cancer? Mm. So so the other two were on the table, and I had biopsies and stuff. So it was kind of touch and go for about a week while I was waiting for the biopsy results to come back. As to actually, did I have cancer or not? Yeah. You know, so um, it's a pretty uh, monumental moment in my life. I think sitting next to your hospital bed when the doctor comes in and says it's ulcerative colitis. Yeah, the so, best of the three. Kind of, so, if you're going to pick one of them. And how generally. old were you? Uh, I was 28. 28. Yeah. So it came at a point in my life where I'd been modelling, very focused on improving my body, yeah. six pack. It was all about yeah. the the external look. I'd a month before I'd shot the cover of uh, Healthy for Men magazine, uh, which is the GNC magazine. I'd been in the best shape I'd been in, and then a month later, um, I've got pictures online. You can see them. Just lost all muscle mass. You know, when you yeah. have any form of digestive illness or abdominal surgery, yeah, everything just shuts down. You know, and you just your body starts cannibalizing itself. So, from the outside, everyone looking in would have seen this perfect yeah. body. Yeah. Um, and on the inside, you're actually really unwell. Yeah. Um, wow. How did that impact you? Um, yeah. So, yes, actually, I, I've. I talk, I've just written a book recently and I talk about this in my book and there's a, there was a distinctive point after my first operation um, where my brother was, me and my brother used to fight like cats and dogs, but there was always a lot of respect there. You know, <laughs> me like, too, me too. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, like you love yeah. and hate each other, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> and then, and he was in the hospital and I was kind of having a bit of a woe is me moment, you know, oh, why has this happened to me? This is it now. That's it. I've got to stop modeling. I'm not going to be able to do this ever again. What am I going to do? Yeah. And my brother just turned around and says, what are you on about, Ad? You know, you control it. Don't let it control you like that. Yeah. And it was like the moment he said that, this total epiphany just went off in my head and, and it just changed the trajectory of how I dealt with that situation and actually how I've dealt with probably every situation since, yeah. you know. So it was a really like really big moment for me that wow was. that's that's really interesting because i've had um not not illnesses to that level but i've certainly had a similar interaction with my brother mm. uh, in terms of kind of that when you're in a really low and they're just one or two words yeah. and bang it sort of changes your whole trajectory and you're on a different path definitely um, and i think it comes from someone who you who can say stuff into to you in a very blunt way that no one else can yeah that I kind of half winds you up, also half gets your attention and your respect. And maybe it was mm. that kind of combination that just kind of shook me out of I that can state relate. I was into. So you know <laughs> yeah, relate about, exactly right? that but kind of. They're the one person in your life that can press the button. Press you know? the buttons and you really pay attention as well. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah, he's, it's, he's done it twice, you know, and, and he was. It was something that he said to me that led me into choosing to do personal training and stuff as well. Really? So yeah, that was um, that was uh, like I said, that was a couple of years down the line. That was after being ill. But yeah, from what he said to me in that hospital bed that that day, really made a big difference to how I dealt with stuff. So fully recovered. Well, what happened was I that emergency operation. They they removed part of the large intestine, um, and I had a colostomy bag. Um, so of course you can imagine the the kind of psychological effect that yeah. has on you. Twenty eight. Yeah, you were a model. Yeah, looking awesome. Yeah, um, good looking chap, 
and next thing you're you're you've gone through lots of surgery yeah. you've lost all your muscle yeah and you're wearing a colostomy bag yeah you, yeah you've got a bag stuck to you you can see part yeah. of your small intestine coming out of you when you empty it and I stuff can't fathom and, it yeah and you're like like how well what do i do from here but um i've got a tattoo that i've put on myself and it's like you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only choice you have and um wow. A lot of people have always said to me, well, it's amazing how you dealt with it. I would never have been able to deal with it as positively as you as you has. And I was like, it's not until you're put in that condition and that situation that you actually realize how much inner strength you've got. And I think we all have that ability, but it's not until we have these moments of adversity that take us to a point where we have to find, we have to delve deep. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't yeah. agree more. I think... Um, yeah, what you've just said is so important for the audience to hear. Mm. Um, you've got to face adversity to really understand who you are. Yeah, um, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't put it better. Definitely, and I, 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 I talk about it a lot with relating it to strength training or any form of training in the gym. Right? Yeah, you kind of and and like there's so many metaphors in terms of strength training that can you can take in into life in terms of we need an element of stimulation or um you know resistance in order for us to grow um and if we're not if we don't have anything to resist against then we don't grow and it's that that kind of saying you know nothing grows inside the comfort zone basically um so yeah, I think it's it's really important and in, in in the gym, you know, if you don't have the resistance and the stimulus in terms of the weights you're lifting, then your body doesn't have anything to actually adapt to. Um so it's important to have that kind of that 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 resistance in the gym to to invoke that adaptation. And the same goes for everything in our life. I think the moment we tr- start trying to make everything easier and more simple for ourselves we we prevent ourselves from being able to delve into a, a kind of a deeper reservoir of of sort of energy and and positivity basically um yeah well it's an incredibly powerful story yeah. um so yeah so, so to finish that bit i so basically i had the emergency operation had the colostomy bag and then because uh because it had damaged my bowel to such a point, they had to remove the bowel completely because it puts you at something like 10 times risk of getting bowel cancer. Yeah. So six months later, I had the bowel completely removed and they created something called an internal pouch for me, which is where they bring back this, bring down the small intestine and loop it back on itself um, to create like a holding area. Yep. So food and everything doesn't just fly straight through you, basically. So you absorb some, some of the nutrients. Um, that was the big operation, the second one. That was like a five-hour operation, took a number of weeks to kind of recover from again. Again, every, in between all of my operations, though, I was losing muscle mass, but I was getting back into the gym and building it back up. So okay. this is kind of where my, I guess, my knowledge of the body and, and uh, I guess the fortitude that you need to uh, to transform your body and what you with the process that you go through. Um, of building it back up and so I guess every time I lost the muscle and built it back up was was also I was learning a lot yeah you know, about my body and about how how it all works how yeah. all those systems work so and then the third operation they just reconnected me um so I was able to kind of go to the toilet again normally so at the ripe old age of 29 I was learning to sit back on the toilet again wow <laughs> this is quite bad i mean I, yeah and it feels like a lifetime ago now yeah like you know i'm 41 this year it's 12 you know 12 odd years ago so wow I think, so. okay 
before I forget, so I just want to dive in. So the two sort of mindset questions yeah. that popped into my head are what what sort of kept you going mm. during during those surgeries and what what kept you going in terms of going back to the gym? Mm. How did you how did you overcome kind of the, the, the negative emotions and fears and concerns that must have been present in your mind to actually get up and go and train yeah. when you were still fairly unwell? I think it's acceptance. I think rather than resistance, and I think it's. Um, I think it's accept. I think I accepted where I was. I accepted that okay, this is the body I've now got. This is the colostomy bag. This is the. This is my reality right now. So there's no point wasting any amount of time. Yeah. Crying about it, worrying about it, thinking what if, mm-hmm. you know, why me and all this. It was, it, 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 and again, from those words that my brother said, it just, you know, flipped a switch in me and was just very much like, okay, this is what I've got. How can I make the best of it? Wow. Kind of thing, you know, and, and I think, and then getting back in the gym, I've always enjoyed a challenge. So getting back into the gym and, you know, I remember getting on the, I never used to do a lot of machine training, you know, in the gym, but because I'd lost so much muscle mass and strength, I was sat on the chest press machine and, you know, using the, the very bottom couple of plates, it was, it just felt so alien lifting weights when I'd been lifting weights kind of for years before that. Um, the Rocky soundtrack, you know, <laughs> a bit of Eye of the Tiger really kind of helped, helped inspire me and gave me that, you know, I just, I just, yeah, what? sod this. What? This is, I'm going to... Wow. What, so... That's incredible. I I, I love it. I love the story. Um, And what I'm hearing is you you chose not to be a victim Mm. when the situation was so shit that I think lots of people, uh, perhaps myself included, I've never been in that situation, might have chose to sort of lay on their laurels. And was that that an instant straightforward decision that you made consciously or did it take some time did you did you start off thinking oh woe woe be me and then have that transformation um or was it just did it simply just flick on that conversation with your brother yeah i mean i i'm do you know what i'm sure i had moments of like fuck you know why is this happening to me yeah you know, like you know i'm sure i did but i don't remember them ever taking that much of my attention and energy and it was definitely it was definitely what he said to me like it definitely had a a massive impact an immediate impact on me Mm -hmm. and then it kind of and then I think that mentality just sort of snowballed really and I think I think more people and friends and family being like wow you're dealing with this so well um probably gave me the strength to to keep doing that you know I mean that could have in a way gone the other way it could have maybe brush things under the carpet. I think that's what we bit. see a that's lot. That's a dangerous yeah, thing, Yeah, that's it? what we see a lot is Not people saying, people saying, oh, um, you're doing well. Mm. And then that initial response, well, 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 no, I'm not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Not then that spiral. Like you can say yeah, to yeah, anyone and then yeah, holding yeah, that yeah, in yeah, and yeah. then that becomes a problem then, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of suffering yeah. in its truest form isn't it a, a refusing to accept kind of what people are actually saying around you but yeah. um what's what again the, the the sort of takeaway there i think is you you, you it was all based around a decision that you made mm. based on one conversation yeah, that, that changed yeah. yeah you made a choice mm. and you you kept going yeah. on that path yeah that's, that's strong really really yeah strong i think it's, it was the choice along with the like i said that acceptance yep you know it's just like Okay, this is where I am. I'm going to make this choice. Yep. You know, it's not. So, I, and I think this, that whole experience in my life has very much given me the 
I, I don't tend to moan about stuff that mm-hmm. much, you know. It, I'm sure, uh, you know, yeah, it's just, you've just been there. Of, there's, I, there's some things that just aren't worth wasting your energy on, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, the whole experience, I think, has taught me as well to realize situations that are potentially going to be quite stressful so I don't get involved with them or step okay. away from them. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I become much, I think, better at managing my stress um, than I was back then. But just going back to that um, what we, that point we were just making, I at the time when I was recovering, I was going on the internet and going into forums, you know, to, to talk to people yeah. who had similar things, right? And yeah, yeah. one thing I started to notice quite soon on in these forums was that everyone was very much that everyone was organizing days out together community events and stuff and but I, I started to see it very differently it started to look like all all of these people were suddenly classing themselves as different or not good enough to be considered an, a valid normal member of society oh, okay. yeah and it, and it felt to me with us that I was very I mean I was very lucky that I've got a lovely family and friends and I was like given lots of love and support by mm-hmm. them so I could, if someone doesn't have that then obviously they're going to require community support and stuff but it did just start to look to me like everyone was very they'd gone well this is my label this is who I am and this is this is me sort of thing where I was just like well this is just the situation I'm in right now this is how my body is yeah I'm still a valid member of society and can still hang out with people who don't have colostomy bags yeah and who don't have this illness yeah um and so I actually withdrew out of those groups quite quickly once I started to sort of see that yeah Uh, and I think it was that not willing to sort of dwell on that and focus so much on that being my identity yeah, and that's, that's the word that I was helped. going to talk about, identity, because, yes, identity can be really powerful yeah. or really um, negative yeah. because it's such a strong force. We yeah. all want to be part of a tribe. Yeah, totally. Um, but it sounded like yeah. that, that, that community, it did have some benefits, but it was isolating itself, yeah. which meant that, that there wasn't a much of an integration back into what, what we might yeah, consider a normal Definitely. I think, I think those groups will be really helpful for people initially, but then there's a point in which you should be looking to move away from that and move yourself, transition back into kind of society, if you like, you know, or normal, normal life, whatever that is for you. Yeah. And, Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think, and what, what's, what's just sprung to my mind is you, you had a really strong identity around um, sort of health and wellness and, and, and the support that kind of probably pulled you towards that, that, that way as well. Yeah. Um, and that is powerful mm. because we, we all sort of live within tribes within tribes, don't we? Yeah. Um, groups within groups. Mm. And, and that's such, the identity within those groups is mm. so strong that mm. it will stop us doing actually what we want to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some of the guys I coach um the first thing i question them on is your friendship circle mm. what you know re- your closest relationships mm. what's the identity you because we all have different identities yeah, yeah, don't we we're all different yeah. masks for every single yeah. person we yeah. meet um what are the what are the masks what are the identities you're showing up with yeah. in your closest little circles because that is that is the strongest pull and if those are negative if those are saying don't exercise don't eat right come to the pub burgers yeah. fries then it's so hard to detach from that it really is yeah absolutely and i you know i'm finding it again now in this period of my life so um fitness being a personal trainer 10 years as a personal trainer that's my label and and uh, last last year i had a i had a couple of months of proper crisis of being like 
I'm, I've got this label of personal trainer and I think a lot of other trainers and coaches probably feel like this as well in that everyone else thinks I, sh- I need to be the strongest, the fittest, the best shape. Um, I'm always training. I always in the gym. That's my passion. That's my focus. And I got to a, just a point of just feeling quite burnt out by it all. And I just just like, I don't want to train today. Mm. I feel like I should be training because that's what everyone else expects me to do. And I had a couple of workouts where I was, I was in the gym and I had a focus on what I was training. But I was sat there and I was thinking, this is the last place I want to be. I do not want to be here today. And then, and I, but then, and then I had this, then in my mind, I was just like, oh, wow, I can actually make a choice. And it doesn't actually relate to whether I'm a good personal trainer or not. I can mm. just choose that today I'm not going to train and that's fine. But then that led me into like probably two or three weeks of just very much like I'm not training just because I don't want to. Um, yeah. But it turned out to be a good thing. Yeah. Because it was a bit of a break that I needed from it. It kind of got my enthusiasm back um, for everything. Mm. Um, but it's very easy to get caught up in that label. And, you know, I'm finding now with veganism, and plant-based movement mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I want to talk about that. You know, yeah, so yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to all yeah. that. But in terms of just the label side of it, suddenly everything that I'm doing is surrounding is, is about plant-based, is about veganism. And, you, yeah, it's, and it's, it's almost like, you know, you almost get sick of it a little bit sometimes. Yeah. You know, it becomes so much. Yeah. It becomes so encompassing on what you're doing and who you're all about. You just kind of, you, you want to step away from it I, sometimes. I think it's very easy to get caught up in the labels, isn't it, yeah. really? Um, definitely and the other thing i was going to say is uh, i i feel you on the kind of the routine of things because mm. that can really suck you into a kind of negative mind space sometimes um and i, I was chatting to 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 a guy a coaching client of mine and and he was coming to me for the mindset stuff which which i think is so much more powerful yeah and and his angle was he he was actually fit and healthy but he was going to the gym to hide Right, right. Um, so yeah, it's just okay. an interesting kind of yeah. We use all we all use these things as yeah. to give us different to comforts and supports, yep. don't we? Yeah, and, and coming from a military background, right. you meet so many guys that do that. They train, they train, yeah. they train, and they're not dealing with their relationships, yeah, with their partners or their kids, whatever. Do you know what I mean? They yeah. they want to be with the lads, training, fighting, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, it's not. You've got you've got to take a, you've got to look at the whole picture. Definitely, yeah, you really have. yeah. It's like that kind of masculine and feminine energy. It's just like you yeah. know, if you're too one side, then yeah, you know, for sure. That's, that's the pressure for guys these days, you know. And I think especially for fathers as well now, you know, the dad's got to be the strong, capable provider, you know. But at the same time, has got to be emotionally available for the their kids. I mean, I haven't got kids, but from this is what I, you know, seem to be able to see everywhere. Uh, yeah, the I think has to have that emotional uh, availability so that the kids don't grow up feeling like they've not been attached or connected with their father. So it is, yeah, yeah it's really there. There are a lot more it. demands yeah. on guys now. I think, and yeah. we're both guys. Yeah. I don't think it's any different for women. No, no, um, not at all. Don't don't think we're saying that one's different to the other. I yeah. think there are a lot more demands on women as well, um, and it's just a much more sort of integrated approach to everything, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think men and women are just having to come into a little bit more balance. Yeah. In terms yeah, of yeah. Their, their masculine and feminine energy. Yeah, maybe. and I, yeah. I think, yes, I, I couldn't agree more. 
but I also think because of our history, we don't really understand what that means. No. Um, certainly, you know, Northern European, very masculine, yeah. um, machismo, background and history, fighting, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And we don't really understand the yin and yang yeah. um, and what that means. That sort of that something that they've had in, in the Eastern worlds Definitely. for so yeah, long yeah, and they've understood balance. it and, they, and they've sort of cherished the yin. They've cherished the, the, the feminine. Yeah. Um, within the masculine as well and the feminine for, for itself as, and, and we, we haven't, you know. No, definitely. Um, uh, yeah. It's funny, I'm just um, I'm nearly at the end of season five of Vikings. Oh, okay. Don't know. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was obviously it's an incredible <laughs> series, but it's all based on historical fact as well, you know, about yep. the Vikings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredible, strong, but very violent and destructive like yep. race of people, you know, they did incredible things, but that, you know, the, there was war and violence at the bottom of it that I think ultimately ended up destroying them all, you know, because um, they weren't in balance, you know, yeah. and I think, yeah. That's interesting, yeah. That. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's let's yeah. let's jump forward because we've got so yeah. much to get through yeah, yeah. and I know that you've got so much value to add to this audience. Um, so the question I ask all my um, guests is, um, what does health mean to you? Mm. Um, so for me, health means optimizing the optimization of think of the individual's mind and body in a way that doesn't um, uh, that in a way that reduces trauma and suffering or doesn't kind of negate the rest of the world going on around you. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. So is that um, I think what's going on at the moment? We have all these arguments about what diets right what's diets mm. my diet's better than your diet my's keto i'm better than you i'm oh, i'm vegan and vegan's everything it saves the world <laughs> you know all yeah. this paleo is the best way and yeah. stuff like that um but um yeah it's just it's just it, it's kind of crazy because it's more important now that we start looking beyond just the individual's health and i think we need to say well that diet could be healthful for the individual but actually okay which is the best form of living and eating that's going to be better for the environment potentially for for the collective health uh, the global health um for animals for for the for nature and trying to kind of work in a more symbiotic way with with nature and stuff so i think that's i think that's where we need to start extending what our um, perception of of health is i think yeah. i don't think i don't think we can be truly healthy ourselves if the rest of the world isn't healthy and actually what's the point in that anyway because it's not going to last very long yeah so i think it's um i think we need to all start having a little bit of more um mindfulness if you want to put it like that mm. of everything else around us and how our choices and decisions are affecting these other things and so i think you know totally super important that we work on individual health mind body spirit mm -hmm. you know but at the same time not to the detriment of of the world around us i think and i think that's how we make a big difference and i think that's how we can all make a big impact if we all start doing that you know then then we're on to a winner i think yeah, yeah. i think that's yeah. That, that's an awesome um answer to the question so you're coming at it from a symbiotic um, environmental sort of ecosystem perspective. Yeah. We're a piece of an ecosystem, yeah. not to forget that. And just, and that, that's, that's how we can, we can define health. Yeah. 
the further we move away from nature, the the, the worse our health gets. Yeah, you know that's that is the reality of it. You know, and so many people, you know, so many people moving to the urban environment because they're chasing the the, the money. You know, mm. but the urban environment removes you from from nature, removes you from our natural way of of being. You know, all the unnatural light, the exhaust fumes. You know, it's, mm. it's just. And I think more and more people in those inv- urban environments are now becoming more nature deficient. And then you start seeing more kind of problems in terms of stress, uh, mental health and, yeah. you know, all these things. Um, I know I suffer from SAD. I totally, uh, at, when the clocks went back or forward in, um, in back in October, I almost felt a switch flip in me in terms of feeling more depressed my mood went down um so i know i suffer very much from from something like sad you know so um i'm I'm started using one of those light lamps okay yeah so i think you know if we're not getting out into nature as much we're not getting all the you know in terms of sad getting light into our bodies and um and fresh air and all this sort of stuff yeah, yeah, I think, and and layer on top of not just the sort of urban jungles that we've created, but your routine, yeah, um, indoors, and also this hyper connectedness, yeah, yeah, social media, yeah, yeah, you know, this this um kind of false, what I would call a, the false relationships, a false connectedness, yeah. with um with with a, a sort of piece of technology more than anything else and and kind of the it's the the pace of it the speed of it all yeah know, bang 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 i think that's really f- definitely and I, I think that's i think that's where we're going at the moment i certainly feel that myself i uh, have a love hate for it you know there's this feeling of well i kind of need it mm. and it's and it's a very good tool for spreading a really positive message for getting the word out about what i'm all about and what i do for a business bringing people into my business potentially but on the flip side of that i know that, you know i i feel the negative effects of the tension the distraction that it has on me and you know and that feeling like i've got there's so many things i've got to do now yeah. and check and and post and stuff that yeah. it's i think it it would it takes my focus away sometimes from actually what my main purpose is sometimes well that, so. yeah well that's what it's designed to do yeah literally yeah. billions and billions of dollars designed to distract us from what we're trying to do yeah. our focus um and yeah and that's that's my real bugbear is 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 the fact that when you're on social media it's an amazing tool mm. um but you're plugged into the brands. You're plugged into yeah. this. You're, pr- pr- pl- you're plugged into some of the best behavioral psychologists on the planet, yeah. finding ways to distract you. Yeah, and ain't no one getting around those people and, and that and that's that way of doing things because it that it's just it's too. Um, it's almost too clever it's too it's gonna it's gonna work things out if you think you can you can beat the system yeah. of social media you'll fail yeah. because that it's 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 hardwired into they're, us to have those you know to do those things and, and they're and, changing all the algorithms behind behind the scenes on a daily basis yeah. with their massive teams of people. <laughs> i saw this great post the other day and it was about dopamine and serotonin and um and you should actually focus on chasing serotonin not dopamine you know and dopamine is the kind of um that that 
that that dose of dopamine you get, that hit of dopamine you get when someone likes one of your photos, or you're looking for external validation. Yeah. Whereas serotonin is the neurotransmitter that stimulate the, is the happy hormone that comes from internal validation. Mm. So the better you're kind of feeling internally, um, your health internally, you know how your 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 belief and your self-confidence and stuff that's what gives you that serotonin release and gives you the happy hormone whereas everyone's chasing the dopamine yeah which is that external validation someone's like my picture someone loves what i've said today someone you know and 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 the dopamine becomes quite it becomes quite an addictive response yeah that's that's yeah of course it it is that's what hooks people in yeah you know that's we all know that's how it's all built now is you know it's to to get that response and and i know that that those dopamine responses and receptors are 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 what the opiates hook into mm. as well. Um, so you know it's the most powerful right, yeah. self um, self creating drug that we've got. And yeah. you know we can't you can't it can't be replicated even with heroin. Do you know what yeah, I mean? That's the yeah. level we're at. Um, so and and you know and there's so much science behind it. I mean I don't want, let's not get down that yeah. rabbit hole. But, yeah. um, okay, so. Jump forward onto. The, let's jump into plant based. Okay. Um, you're 100 percent plant based. Yeah. Um, and you're obviously from what you said. That's partly your health. Mm. Um, as partly your your belief system around the environment as well. Um, how did it start? How did it manifest for you? So for me, so yeah. So just from from the back, my. Um the reason I live the way I live is because I want to live a life that reduces the trauma and suffering that it leaves behind. Okay, that's that's yeah. the bottom line. That's that's everything that I'm I'm kind of about. As long as what I'm doing reduce is reducing the trauma and suffering. Um, veganism's not perfect, but I think it's a step in the right direction. And I'm I always talk to people about progress, not perfection. Um, it's better that billions of people are striving for progress rather than a few thousand that are perfect. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the more, and I think that's where the movement needs to go now is to kind of addressing that, um, being less judgmental and being more flexible and kind of encompassing and bringing more people in who are willing to try plant-based for a few days of the week maybe um, and then go back to their other habits. You know, I'd love more people to be 100% plant-based, but I'm also a realist. Um, And I think, I think it's good for people to um, to work towards progress, not perfection. Um, so for me, ethics was the reason why I went plant-based. It wasn't related to health. Um, everyone thinks because of my background and passion about nutrition and stuff, it was health-focused. But when I looked into it, when I started going down that road, I, I guess all my life I've been quite good at being devil's advocate and sitting on the fence. And at the point where I was making that decision... I had the new plant-based movement that I was looking into joining was all like, oh, it reduces cholesterol, heart disease, it cures all these diseases, it's the, it's the best thing for your health, it's the best way of eating. And then there was obviously the, the, the world that I'd been part of for many years that was just like, you know, meat's good for you, meat gives you these all these different proteins, um, all these different fats, um, these are all good for you for doing this, that and the other. Um, and so I knew there was an element of truth with both of them, and I knew there were studies to back up both both lines of thought. And there's studies to back up any bias that you can you can come out with. Like we can all find a study to say to confirm our habits, like whatever that might be. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't really to to make this huge decision. I couldn't base it on something that I didn't truly believe in because I don't mm-hmm. truly believe veganism is 
100% right for 100% of the people. Um, likewise, heavy meat-based diet, I don't believe is you know, optimal health for 100% of the people. So um, for me, I needed to find a reason that was kind of more black and white. And um, when I started thinking and looking at like the growth of the population over the, like, the last 100 years and how, how crazy that's actually been, um, and then thinking just logically, we live on a finite planet that has a finite amount of space. Mm -hmm. um, we're farming animals in really unnatural conditions. We, 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 we're, we've taken a living being and we're turning it into a commodity that's coming off a conveyor belt mm -hmm. and we're not giving it any form of respect of, 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 its, uh, of its life and its, you know, it, its right for life. Um, and so when I started thinking about all these things, like I said, the growth of the population, the increasing demand for meat that's going to be, that means that more demand for meat means that we're going to have to farm more animals. We're going to have to farm them more intensively with less space, which means worse conditions for the animals. And then when you start thinking like this, you can start seeing how everything is just going to lead out of control. And then when I started thinking about free range and the grass-fed thing, it's all very well and good, again, for the individual's health. Oh, I'm, I eat grass-fed, happy cows walking around on grass. It's much better nutritionally for me. Good, that's good for your health and maybe the few people that can actually afford it. But what about the rest of the world that can't afford grass-fed? What about the space that we actually have on this planet that wouldn't allow us to farm every single animal grass-fed and free-range, you know? Um, so when I started thinking about that, um, and it, so it was the ethical side of stuff that really sort of, that really hit me. And I was just like, well, I, um, I totally believe that we're an omnivorous species. So there's no doubt about it. We've, we've lived this long because when there weren't any plants available, we were able to eat meat. When there weren't, wasn't any meat available, we were able to eat plants. You know, omnivorous means opportunistic feeders. Mm -hmm. So I totally, I believe that. Um, now that was all well and good in the days where we were having to hunt to survive but now we're not having to hunt and survive we're thriving um, and we've got so much food and certainly in the western world almost too much it's sort of killing us um, so it just yeah again it just made sense to me that the ethical argument was, was black and white for me um, and that gave me my really strong why as to why I was doing this um, and I think that's why I see a lot of people sometimes they go vegan for a year or so or, or six months and then they fall off the wagon and then they go back to how they were doing and a lot of the time is I don't think they've had a strong enough reason as to why they're doing it in the first place so for me because it's not just based on in my health and and stuff it is it's something much bigger than my life and my taste buds so just for instance this week I found out I'm deficient in zinc from doing some blood testing and I think that's down to potentially some stress um, drinking maybe a bit too much coffee and a few other bits and pieces that we won't go into now but I want to try and fix, fix my zinc deficiency naturally with plants with supplements um, where there's a lot of people I'm seeing online now who are sort of saying why well, I'm no longer vegan I'm not sure if you there's been a lot of these videos come out on YouTube quite recently right and I think a lot of people are just suddenly going, this way of eating and living is no longer working for me. And they're just jacking it all in. Mm. And so my, my point is this, like, first of all, just because something's not working for you 100%, maybe it could still work for you 95%. So you're still getting 95% of the benefit. You're still putting out 95% of the benefit, but you're just doing what you need to 
to support your health. Um, so yeah, so I want to try and, you know, not, I think one of the things we're, we're in danger of in our society is going all chips in or all chips out. You know, it's this pro, it's this perfection that we look for. And if we don't have it, then we just don't bother. And I think that's, it's really unhealthy. And I think, um, that's, so that's what I'm, I'm really passionate about is trying to kind of educate people and, and take the pressure off people so that they can, um, just try and focus on improvement and progress mm. rather than trying to be perfect overnight. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been, you've so been four and a half years, four and a half, yeah, four and a half years. I've had a, a few eggs over the years, you know, <laughs> a couple of, you know, a little bit of dairy in the beginning and when I was transitioning and stuff, you know, there's always the odd occasion when someone gives you a cake and you find out there's, there's some dairy in it. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, try not to get sort of too anal about it when I can control the situation. But yeah, you know, it's, it's, I'm 100% plant based and will continue to be so um, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Then, like you know, going back to the the omnivorous side of stuff and the hunter gathering. You know, I think the only time I would eat meat would be if I actually hunted and killed the animal myself, because I believe that. If you're going to eat it, I think maybe you should be willing to roll up your sleeves and kill the animal and connect not only with life, but with the death of that mm. animal. And that's and, and that is the circle of life on our planet. Things are dying and living and being reborn all the time. And I think that's part of the problem is we have a massive disconnect from the animal that's given its life and died and how it ends up on your plate. Yeah, you know, in yeah. our, in that, our society, that is powerful. And that's, yeah, that's something. So I'm, I'm not a vegan, um, but I try to eat about ninety five percent plant based yeah. um, for sure. And and I have had long periods of of not eating any meat or any dairy and being completely vegan. Yeah. Um. So I kind of <laughs> dabble in and out if you like. Um. But but that's what I mean. You're you're like you're doing, you're being your actions are being positive. Yeah. You know, although you're not 100%, you don't have to be, no. you know. I can see myself being yeah. 100%. I can, see, cool. I can see it around the corner. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's the thing. It's yeah. just, just like work at it. Yeah. You know, you'll find if it's right for you, then it will it will present itself and you'll work towards it naturally, you know. Yeah. It takes yeah, I think it's a progression, isn't it? Totally. It takes some people a couple of years sometimes to fully transition because there's 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 lots of st- there's lots to learn mm. about food prep, where to get the food, what kind of things to eat, what kind of things not to eat. Um, but then, uh, you know, there's a lot of psychology involved as well in terms of social programming. You know, uh, we're used to going out to to eat steaks with our mates or burgers with friends and stuff like that. So it's, we're having to rewire all of that social programming that, we, that we've might have lived with for many, many years. Well, that comes back to identity that we're yeah. talking about and that um, belonging. Yeah. To that label group, like a, a meat man, eating, yeah, steak, beer, barbecue, <laughs> pie, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever your version of that is. Yeah. And that is so powerful. And that's probably the, the most powerful influence in our life. And, yeah. and, and we, can, we can have nice ideas about doing things, but until we attack that, yeah. you're not going to make a big change really in your life. I think. No, um, no, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so yeah, so that's, it's, the, I always try and break things down really, really simple because I, you know, pretty much flunked out of school. I'm a rugby playing ex-paratrooper. You know, yeah. I've got to keep things, everything's got to be pretty base for yeah. me to understand what's going on. Yeah. But, um, 
but uh, yeah, for for me, it just makes so much sense yeah. to to have most of your yeah. diet as as a, as a plant based, mm-hmm. um, completely plant based, um, and not just for the ethical stuff, well, that's, which I think is hugely important. Yeah. But a lot of people won't 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 jump on that hook mm. for whatever reason. Um, but but from a health perspective, it just it just adds up. And yeah. I know for me, I had a big shift um, probably about. Four or five years ago, um, I read Rich Roll's book. Amazing book. Um, and since then, I've been a huge yeah. fan of his work. Yeah. And, and the people that he gets on his show yeah. um, have just opened my eyes to the, the sort of very unbalanced argument that we mm. have around some of the quote-unquote science. And, yeah. And, and, and yeah, like you say, it's so easy to find someone who backs up the, the corner yeah. that you want to think about that day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw Joe Rogan's podcast with... Um, Dr. Joel Kahn, who's a uh, cardiologist, plant-based doctor, and Chris Kresser, who's a, a paleo uh, kind of expert and um, functional medicine yeah. practitioner, who I listened to actually for years before going vegan. Oh, okay. um, and they literally argued back and forward for three hours on Joe Rogan's podcast with studies, both having studies to back up what they were saying. And you got to the end of three hours, no one was, no one could really can say conclusively, I'm right and you're wrong, you know. Um, And it does always come down, I think, to the individual. And that's, that's why I think, like you just said about the ethical side of stuff, I think it's the elephant in the room that no one talks about. And I think it's, that's that's why I said that has to start becoming part of the conversation of health mm. because we can't necessarily differentiate between this is right and wrong because there's we've got so there's so many genetic variations in the the human gene pool right we we've, i mean ancient civilizations we come from so many different we've been tweaked and mm-hmm. we've moved around and you know someone who's a maybe a a, a white guy in devon might even have 60% African genes in his in his genome, you know. Um, so I think because of that, there's always going to be slight differentiations and there's never going to be one thing that fits 100% for 100% of the people. So I think to argue, to even try and argue that just seems like a waste of time to me. It's like, okay, well, what are the other factors maybe that we'd start having to look at? And I think an ethics is is one of the first ones. I think, yeah, for me anyway, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I, I, I agree. I think it's it's hugely important. Um, it's easy to brush over as well. Yeah, and I think um, because people don't see it in their day to day lives mm. um, and their individual health necessarily, um, or they can't connect it to their own individual health and it gets brushed over quite easily and we we, we tend to, to live in the sort of day to day grind which is, is, is a really yeah. um, shit way to think about things anything really yeah. but it's it's kind of how we live and work sometimes yeah. isn't it we get caught up in our own little bubble we don't we can't see the future we don't have any clarity and we're un- unable to see what's going on around us and I think the ethical environmental aspects of it you know is kind of outside of our little bubble absolutely yeah I think um I always say it's, it's, I think people find it hard to make that transition and from an ethical perspective, because we've all got bills to pay. We've all got, you know, loads of different stresses going on Mm -hmm. in our life and lots of people use food for comfort. And, um, if someone's using food as a, as a way of comforting themselves uh, through all the stressful moments in their life, and then you're getting them to change that completely, 
Like, can you imagine the internal panic that you're going to go through when someone says, well, you've got to take that away now. You're not allowed that. Um, and, and I think that's why it's harder for people to sometimes transition to a plant-based diet. If it's, if, if, if it's not for specific my health reasons, mm. you know, if, if you, if they can relate it to their direct health right now, then it's much easier. I think for, for most people to kind of acknowledge yeah. for me, I, I I just, uh, for me, I watched a couple of documentaries that just hit me at a right time in my life where I was willing to acknowledge some facts uh, and join a few dots together. And I, I watched a few documentaries and I, I burst into tears watching them. It Which just, one? So first of all, <clears throat> first one was Cowspiracy. Yeah. Um, what I loved about Cowspiracy was that it approached it from the environmental viewpoint much more than the others you know and and that was never something i'd considered it wasn't something that i'd i'd you know like i said join the dots together about so for me to to hear it from that angle just made me start to think it made me start to think beyond my world just my own individual world mm -hmm. maybe start to think oh there's some choices that i might be making that might be affecting much more than just my life you know um so i watched that and then i watched um um, Gary Urofsky's best speech you'll ever hear. He's a, he's an, he was, I think he's retired now. Um, he was an American animal activist and he's, he put out a lot of amazing content on YouTube. The specific, there's this seminars, this, that he did in, uh, some, across some American universities. Um, he's a very force, like, he's a force of nature. He's very, like, doesn't pull any punches, you know, says some quite controversial stuff. Um, but halfway through his lecture, you know, some of the stuff he was saying just felt so logical and kind of compelling that, yeah, it kind of broke me a little bit. And I, I, I he also mixed his talk in with a few clips from slaughterhouses and stuff like that. And I was just, yeah, it hit me. And it kind of, that was the, the, the beginning of the end then once yeah. I kind of made that emotional connection, basically, to what was going on. And then Earthlings was the third one I watched. Um and that was all in the space of 10 days. And Earthlings is, if anyone's seen it, it's probably, it's probably one of the most horrific in terms of those, those kind of documentaries. And um, yeah, I watched that and that, that was it. I just made that sort of decision that for me, I wanted to live a life that was going to reduce the trauma and suffering it left behind, you know. And that's kind of, and that's been my reason ever since. And that's where a lot of my decisions are made from now. Yeah. Um I think we've touched on it, but what, why, why is that so important for you? Because I think, so I, I, I was thinking about this quite deeply a couple of weeks ago because I was starting to question a few things. Um, and I was thinking that I don't know why I'm here on this planet. You don't know why you're here, really. Like, none of us know why we're here, really. So it's like, we're all focused on why are we here, why are we here, why are we here? And then I thought, well, maybe we should start thinking about what we're not here for or what we're not here to do. And I thought, okay, if I can't work out why I'm here, maybe I should think more about what I don't want my life to be about. And for me, I thought I don't want my life to be about unnecessary trauma and suffering as a, as a baseline. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And so for me, that's, and so that's where that sort of thought process came from. It's like, okay, I don't want that in my life as little as I possibly can. There's going to be times when that's not possible. There's going to be times where eating a plant-based diet or I may be eating avocado or there's something that I'm eating that's got palm oil in it that's been grown with 
big monoculture crops that have you know devastated some species and sometimes that happens you know and the more the population grows even on a plant-based diet that we're going to need bigger bigger farms which are going to damage again some some species and stuff so it's not perfect but that's why i was just like it reduces my life reduces the trauma and suffering it leaves behind that's really interesting yeah because what you've done which i don't think many people that i'm aware of have done um in in your thinking there maybe even unwittingly i don't know but i think what 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 appears to me that you've done is you've you, yeah, because we, we we're all told find your why, find your why. Yeah. You know Simon Sinek and all these awesome yeah. work, and and find your passion, find your why, mm. um, and that's a really difficult thing to do. So yeah. you've you've in fact taken a, a very scientific <laughs> approach, which is how do you prove an argument where well, you yeah. try to disprove it. So you've yeah. taken the opposite end of the argument, um, and. So you've said, well, I'm not sure what my why is and why yeah. I'm here, which is kind of the boat we're all in. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. We're all so let's look at the opposite side of that mm. puzzle. Let's yeah. go. Let's look at the opposite. Say, what am I not here to do? Yeah. And that's that's um yeah that that's that's powerful, uh, really yeah, powerful. It, it really, I've not really heard that before. Yeah. So really interesting. Cool. Well, it <laughs> it helped me massively because I think I know I'm still going through it right now. I'm going through a little bit of an evolution. Um, I, I am questioning, you know, a little bit about what I'm doing and where I'm going with things. And I think when you go through those those points in your life, they're good, as as difficult as they are, and and you feel like sometimes you're banging your head against a brick wall and you just can't work things out. And they're they're also amazing, amazingly beneficial for you to to work things out. You know, I can't remember what, I was reading something the other day, and we all have to. There's, we go through so many processes in our lives, right? And there's always a point in a process that you feel like you don't know whether you're going backwards or forwards, sideways, backwards, what you're doing is right or not right. And you're in utter confusion sometimes as to what you're doing and why you're doing it. But that's part of the process. Actually, what is going on there subconsciously is you working stuff out. And we label that as a, as a bad thing. But actually, it's a it's an actual part of that process. It's a process in itself, but that we don't give much value to because it's difficult and it's painful and it, and it's confusing sort of thing. So I think that's that's what I was going through at that moment in time, and and, and figuring stuff, flipping stuff around, and figuring that out from that perspective just gave me a, a little bit of an anchor, so I didn't feel like I was. Yeah. all over the place trying to figure this big thing out that I have no idea about right now well okay what's going to give me a little bit of comfort and a little bit of okay that's who I am that's yeah, that's and, my and, foundation and it's, it's sound it's a sound scientific yeah. principle yeah don't do what you don't want what you know yeah move away from what you know is not your why and not right for you yeah. move away from that and scientifically you're going to move towards the object yeah, well, that you want even uh, if you're not sure how it's defined yeah you know I mean? so I, I've I've found that over the last couple of years through different sort of spiritual experiences and practices and stuff that and you know it's a bit cliche is you know find your most authentic self and I think for years I struggled with who like being a sensitive sort of guy you know I struggled with that and thought it was a, a negative side of me actually I came to realize that actually it's the, the most positive strength that I have actually and once I started embracing that um, and, and and focusing on my most authentic self and focusing on on that that sort of purpose that helped me 
sort of to, to, to be more comfortable with my direction in life, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think working that out, the, what we've just been talking about, I think that's also helped me become more aligned with everything has to, has from a base to, yeah. you know from okay this is where i'm this is where i'm firing from now so yeah well that's it's yeah it's, yeah so, you, but you, you 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 certainly seemed like you've you've kind of worked out the directions of, of things that are coming at you definitely and how, to, how to kind of deflect what you know for sure is not what what you want to identify yeah. with and so it's really important I, I i do a lot of thinking about all of this stuff because because of what I'm doing and pushing and, you know, about the plant-based nutrition and stuff and because of my ability to sit on the fence and see both sides of an argument, it's really important for me that I really get down and get clear with why I'm doing what I'm doing um, and consider all the different opposing arguments that are going to come to me um, and having, the, having done the thinking in order to kind of prepare myself for moments where people are going to be questioning your choices and why you're living the way you're living and stuff like that. So, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's, I, I think it's, an, a, yeah, as, an, so that's a, quite, that's quite analytical as a professional. Yeah. You need to be able to sort of back your corner and, and kind of understand, but also understand what's going on the other yeah. side of the fence. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just want to flip back before we move on to, to sort of more quick fire stuff that I want to, I want to get onto. I just want to flip back. Yeah. It was quite the, deep. That was, wasn't it? Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a journey, but it, incredibly powerful yeah. and it, and it's so evident how much work you've done on yourself mm. and how much deep thinking and I don't know if that's always been a case for you um, yeah. I've been to sort of quite um, philosophical and yeah deep thinking, I am passionate I like philosophical conversations yeah. you know me yeah, too yeah. me too well <laughs> partly but um, yeah the yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly evident in yeah. what you're saying that you've really you've really looked at it from kind of a few different angles yeah. and trying to suss things out, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, but just flipping back, so many so many questions popping into my head. I'm flipping yeah. most of them, but just flipping back to um, the plant based stuff. So I, I agree. I agree with everything you say, and I think there's so much um, confusion is and confusion is used as a tool yeah to keep us confused and to distract yeah, yeah, yeah. us and to sell us things that aren't, yeah. aren't, aren't keeping us on the path mm -hmm. um and for me it's kind of the, the most basic thing you can look at which is i guess kind of what you're saying of kind of like what i don't want to be associated with what i don't what i know is not going to help and let's start with that mm. um, it, around the plant-based stuff is, you know, you, you, classically, certainly for me growing up, you, you think, right, well, I need to get, I need to go to the gym or to add muscle. Mm. I'm going to eat chicken and broccoli. Yeah. And you're not really thinking about that. Now, from my perspective now, anyone who's going down to their local supermarket and buying the, the, the whatever meat that they've got in there the, the the quality and and of what you're putting into your yeah. body is just crazy. Yeah. The, the toxins, mm. the antibiotics, mm. um, and the actual quality of the proteins going into yeah. it as well um, is just doesn't make sense. And, yeah. and that's kind of that's an anchor for me. Like you mm. were saying, that's an anchor for me. Well, what should I be putting into my body? Mm. Well, I know it's not these things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Let's start with that. Yeah, um, and, and uh, yeah, I like. And just to, to completely disassociate my emotional reason for, for doing this, like I think if we if we were looking at an animal that's been factory farmed, um, 
that's lived a really poor quality life in a cage that's been probably very stressed, maybe diseased, may have had a lot of uh, antibiotics, other things pumped into it. It's been fed on feed that doesn't contain all the nutrients that it needs. So it's been supplemented as well with, uh, you know, micronutrients to give its meat the, the right amount of micronutrients. Because um, that's what happens as well. B B12, A lot of animals are fed B12 because they can't get it from their food. Um, that's another topic. But yeah, so, so you've got this animal that's, that's lived this life and its life... And its experience and its stress and everything is its flesh, is its body, you know. And that, that body dies and, and gets slaughtered in a way that, again, creates more fear and maybe stress response. And then, uh, then you as a consumer are consuming all of that, that whole history, that story. And that's going into your body. And your body's breaking all of that down, all those proteins down, all, the, all those cells down. And it's reabsorbing it, you know. Um, so just from a kind of, you, you know, looking at it, kind of spiritually i guess you know once you start looking at it like that you think well do i want to take all of that into my body and of course that's when the argument of people talking you know about free range and grass-fed and you know and happier animals you know does does come into the argument then in terms of if you're just looking at individual health mm-hmm. yeah it's, so yeah. it's, it, it's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's a minefield, you know. We could sit here mm. all day and not really get far in terms of um, discussing it. But I think, it, yeah, and like you say, mm. like the Joe Rogan stuff, it kind of goes round and round and round, doesn't it? it? Does and you just don't really, you don't really know what what side to sit on and what to do and what action to take. And that's kind of that's that's the space actually that 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 a lot of people are left in mm. and ended up bouncing around mm. trying to find their own identity. Um, especially around food yeah. and then they, you know, emotional states get linked to certain things and, yeah. and the, the, certainly the marketing is all around emotion yeah. um, and that's trying to link us, trying to anchor us to, to, to certain things and that's another aspect of it apart yeah. from our own actual shit that we've going on and yeah. our own sort of like struggle to identify who we are. Yeah, absolutely. We're in interesting times, aren't we? Really, like I, I, I've had these conversations recently with people and I think probably symptomatic of being young and growing up anyway, but life <clears throat> life growing up in the 80s and, and 90s and stuff just felt it felt like we knew what life was all about and how it was lived and how you were supposed to live and stuff. Whereas now it just feels like we're, we're at a point in our evolution and things are changing so quickly in terms of technology, food, you know, all these different arguments. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think we're, we're in a, period of time that is quite uncertain in terms of where we're going and i think technology changes so quickly at the moment as well that it makes us question maybe what we're doing for a living as well because maybe in a few years time things are going to have moved so quickly that i'm not going to have a job anymore in that (laughs) particular field really interesting book i've just read um can't remember his name he he wrote um homo deus and sapiens it's oh. called 20 21 lessons um in the 21st century right it's definitely a, a book worth getting um and it explores all of those questions questions yeah that are going on going. politics and yeah. technology and yeah, stuff it's yeah, quite yeah. quite fascinating yeah, time yeah. i mean it's unsettling but it's also really exciting at the same time, I think, you know, it's great to be involved at a time in our evolution that is going through great change. Mm. And with that comes the potential to create something amazing from that, you yeah. know, 
if yeah. we if we make the right decisions and choices now. yeah i think it's it, yeah i think it can be viewed as very scary because we need certainty in our life yeah um but you're right it's it's a it's the disruptive age yeah you know technology is disrupting um people are completely um catered for in terms of their basic needs mm. in the certainly in the in the developed world yeah so we don't have the pressures that mm. our, our our grandparents had mm-hmm. i mean my, my my grandmother um couldn't feed my father yeah so he had to go to an orphanage um and i can't even process yeah that no happening they lived in tents for six wow. and a half years so you I, I you know it's so alien to me yeah it's so alien yeah um and uh, so to try and try and try and work things out like that but we don't have those pressures we just no. don't have those pressures um and everything else on top of that in terms of all the disruption that technology's mm. brought in and and you know hyper connectedness um it's it's a really interesting time but because mm. we don't have the pressures um we can kind of fall off the cliff yeah of, of sort of ill health unhealth mm. and all the sort of negative attributes associated mm. with modern life or the other, the flip side of that is is all the the, the amazing kind yeah. of opportunities that Absolutely, are out there, yeah, and, yeah. and the simple fact that we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, total privilege. You know, um, yeah, we're at the most luckiest time in history, really. Mm. Yeah. And I think we can spend a lot of time looking at how bad the world is, and there's all this wrong. But you know, there's so many statistics out there. There's there's less people being killed in uh, wars and conflict now than ever before, though it may seem because of the news that what we hear about is wars and killing, but actually it's much, much less statistically. Um, and pretty much everything is is improved. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's worth keeping a positive yeah, Adam, slant on that. I, I'm, we're going to jump through to some quick fire stuff. Yeah, nice. Um, and <clears throat> I just want to be respectful of your time. Um, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with a, with a finishing piece as well. Cool. So. Um, from your perspective as a pr- professional yeah. um, now, what are the biggest? Um, what, what, what's the what's the biggest thing that you think people are missing when they when they sort of think about their own health? They they you know you've got an experience of guys coming to you or girls that are coming to you and they just what's the biggest sort of question mark that they have that they don't realise they have in terms of their own health? What can't they see? Uh, I think it's overcomplicating things yeah. and not. Um, and not uh, one of the big things I used to talk about was consistency and commitment. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's the key to achieving a goal is consistency and commitment. And I think in this day and age, it's really easy to want everything overnight. Um, and when you you know when I look at setting people's habits, you know you, you're looking at kind of trying to set people with long term outcome goals so looking at what actually they want to achieve what that destination looks like but then making sure that people are actually setting behavioral habits or changing their behavioral habits because it's those behavioral habits that you do every day that add up to achieve your outcome goal i like it to look at an outcome goal as your brick wall and your daily behavioral habits is your bricks and every day you're putting bricks in your wall with your habits and so i think a lot of people um I don't think they, uh, they, yeah, I think they try and overcomplicate things in terms of trying to achieve a goal. Um, and, I, and one of the things I also talk about is if it's not simple, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And the more we overcomplicate our nutrition, the more we overcomplicate our training, the less sustainable it is um, and the less effective it is in the long run. 
yeah yeah powerful that's a, yeah I mean, there's so many powerful lessons uh that you've given us thank you very much um but yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. That, 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 that yeah, that it has to be simple mm. to be I, effective. Yeah, definitely. And I see a lot. You know, people program hop a lot. Um, you know, one one week, one magazine's told them that this is the best workout ever, and then they'll start that workout, and then the next week they'll read something else, and it'll say to them, "This is the best thing to do." And then before you know it, you're bouncing backward and forward mm. between different workouts, and you're not applying that consistency and you're not committing to one one path um and it's that commitment that you make to that path from start to finish that teaches you and enables you to learn from that experience and being able to see okay well that i i now understand what works for me and my body and then being able to apply it or tweak it um you know in the future so i think it's um it it yeah, it's people just not, I think, not being clear enough in on what their goals are and, and kind of committing to them, I think, long term, basically. And then, and, and, and then they wonder why they're not seeing results, you know. Yeah. Most programs work. But yeah, the, that, yeah I, I agree with you. And you, you touched on something earlier that, that, that just popped into my mind on the same lines as um, you touched on your own journey more recently around um understanding the the sort of enjoyment you can get from the process mm. versus the goal yeah and yeah how you've got to and, and it's yeah. it's something that that people um overlook and and i know that i know tony robbins has got, got a quote that he says you know 80 percent of your life is spent in process yeah so you better start loving the process yeah. you're in and the struggle and you know embrace embrace the yeah. suck as, as the american military says. yeah is that, is that what yeah, they say is it nice embrace that because you yeah. yeah um that's that is that is life that is you, it, the yeah. process yeah. is your life now yeah. if you hating the process yeah and you're you've got this long um, sort of this pipe dream at the end of it, mm. this drop in the ocean that you're mm. like, this is what I'm living for, but I'm hating today. Mm. Then chances are first you won't get there mm. and you, you won't be able to get any clarity over what yeah. the actions you're taking and what and that nothing becomes meaningful because it's not enjoyable. You yeah. don't understand the process. You don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you're labeling it bad. You're also putting loads of pressure on yourself because you feel like you're failing all the time because you're not achieving this perfection. Yeah. Um, I have it with clients at the moment who kind of maybe a bit younger in their years um, and who are just kind of really getting into their training and they've set this goal and they're on this program and they might catch the flu or something mm-hmm. and it knocks them down for a couple of days and they're just like, oh, I want to get back in the gym and start training now and I've got to meet, hit my goals because if I don't, then and I'm just like, trust me. You know, take a few days out, watch some box sets, allow your body to heal, then get back in the gym. The gym's not going anywhere. And trust me, this goal that you're aiming for will move constantly. Like I've, I've, just, I've transformed my body so many times over the last 20 years. I lost count now, you know, and every time that I went through this transformation process in my mind, I was like, oh, this end goals, that's going to be the one, that's going to be the thing, that's going to be the look that I'm going for. And it's never materialized. You know, I've, even when I've got into the best shape of my life doing fitness shows, um, there's, always, there's always something that you want to improve on. Mm-hmm. There's always something that if that's all you're focusing on, you're never going to be quite happy with. Again, if you're looking for that um, that perfection yeah yeah um, life's a journey yeah it is and, I, and it's so cliche but last year for me that was the biggest lesson I've, I've learned 
in in the last couple of years was um, understanding about process. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, yeah. So many more questions in my mind. <laughs> but, um, One question leads to another. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, well, what's so just to, to to finish then the last question I'm going to ask you before I sort of wrap this up is yeah. what do you think the most important factor is in health? Hmm. Cool. If it was going to be question. one single factor. Well, um, balance. <laughs> yeah. I think, and I and I'd like because obviously, I, I you asked me that question, and so I'm trying to answer it. I'm thinking about the individual, and then I'm also obviously because it's important to me to think about the greater good as well. In in a way, so what what's the thing that? How does you know life? thrives when everything's in balance and that goes the same with the world with with every living being with every living organism with human beings with with our training with our nutrition with our mind you know um so i think it, it it's always finding a way to bring yourself back into balance like i'm not a believer that we should always be in balance because we need to get out of balance to to push ourselves mm-hmm. to to greater heights and like if we don't if we always stay in balance then we're never never going to evolve but i think the the key thing is to always is to push yourself but then always to try and strive to kind of come back when you no longer have to be in that kind of extreme side of things yeah so That's yeah good. i like it um sort of sideways answer to the yeah question. i know yeah <laughs> and, and one other thing my my granddad said it's a really good quote was um everything in moderation including moderation <laughs> right like yeah 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 That's so awesome. if you do everything moderately then nothing's really going to affect your health that badly but also at the same time every so often go nuts yeah. and enjoy life awesome <laughs> i love it no i love it yeah every everything to extreme including rest <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah um cool awesome so what i found incredibly valuable i, I mean we could go on but what I found incredibly valuable and the, the bits that I've really picked up, the three kind of lessons that I've learned from you are how the power of choice and decision, mm. those two that as, as a sort of uh, have allowed you to sort of stay on the path and, yeah. and, and really draw the positives out of things and, and choose the path that you're going mm. on, the trajectory on the decision, you're, mm. um, the, the, the decisions you're making mm. and the, the direction, sorry, that you're going in. Um, and that's that's been really powerful that I pulled out of what you said in the, yeah. in the first, sort of first part of the conversation. And what I absolutely loved was, um, I don't know what my why is or my passion is um, necessarily. I don't have complete clarity on that because it's ever evolving. It's a kind of yeah, you know, a, a cloudy, fuzzy sort constant of constant state of flux. Yeah. yeah. So what do i not want yeah. what 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 do i know is not pointing me in the right direction mm. is not is not pulling me on to, in, in in the direction i want to go um and i think that's a that's a really powerful tool mm. to look at what you know for yeah. a fact yeah um, yeah yeah so that this trying to disprove a theory by by yeah. looking at the opposite side of the equation it's really yeah. really interesting um and i think that's something people don't do actually yeah. i think people are kind of they just try and create this uh, try and create, create clarity around something that perhaps is almost impossible to yeah. create, create that clarity around and, and, and i think the thing is we're seeing the these days is that there's not enough kind of critical thinking going on and we don't spend enough time in the middle ground or the gray area mm-hmm. and that's a lot of the time i think where the 
kind of more of the truth is, you know, yeah. um, we're always looking for that. This is right. This is wrong. Yeah. The well, black maybe and white. The black, I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, I always something. say, I always, more recently, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking along the lines of now, certainly I've, I'm a bit more mature. <laughs> I think what we actually, what holds value is mm. intangible mm. in life. Um, yet we seek the tangible. Mm. We, we seek the, the, the car maybe or the house or mm. the, we seek the permanent, mm. but um, what holds true value is impermanent. Yeah, it's the relationships we have. That's yeah. really what yeah, life's yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. And those aren't yeah. tangible. Those are intangible. Those yeah. are, those aren't aren't you know physical beings, physical things that we can purchase or we yeah. can hold or we can stick in our living room. Yeah. So conceptually, it's quite hard to realise that. So I think um, you know understanding that the intangible is actually what you value. Yeah, definitely. And that 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 impacts every area of your life. Yeah. Because um, the newest iPhone isn't going to isn't going to bring you value. It's yeah. what it's its ability to connect you to other humans, mm. which actually is intangible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the human being at the end of it, ultimately. Yeah. That and you're... I think the the service industry that we're in mm. sometimes seems well, it is intangible because we're talking about goals, mm. dreams, enrolling yeah. people in their dreams, coaching yeah. them on on yeah. how they can be better. Mm. All those all that soft stuff is mm. certainly seems intangible, but it holds intrinsic value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what we see people doing is going for something that's physical mm. that doesn't actually hold anything, yeah. and um, but yet they get drawn to to a physical asset that they want in their life, yeah. um, as opposed to perhaps not having the, the you know they'll 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 have the latest iPhone, but they won't spend money on. I don't know, on their health or, or the food. health or food. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. The, yeah, the, the basics. A common thing. Awesome. Ma- magpie effect. Yeah. Like getting the flashy. Awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And, and um, I just want Pleasure, you to let people know about your book, about where they yeah. can find out about you and, and how they can engage with you and all that sort of stuff. But before, I do, before you do that, yep. um, I, I just want to... Um, uh, say thank you very much and um, thanks for having me dude total respect for your story where you've come from the struggles that you've had um, the surgery the ups and downs and, and how uh, such a strong and an awesome human being you are to, to pass through those thanks, so, so well and, and the journey that you're on is, is, is really special yeah, um, yeah. and for the guys and girls that are listening I think you know the Adam is 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 jacked. He's you know he's 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 got an awesome physique and 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 he's a good looking guy. But yeah, he's he's been through all these struggles. And I think a lot of people sort of see professionals are like yeah. well, they don't really connect with them and they don't really understand. And, yeah, and yeah. Standing here in front of you, hearing your story is really powerful because um, it allows me and hopefully the audience as well to connect with you uh, mm. on a much deeper level. So thank you very much. Thanks, man. No, appreciate that. So where, where can we find out? So um, you can find me on my website, theplantpoweredpt.com. Um, you'll f- there's also some links on there. My, my book is being crowdfunded through the crowdfunding publisher called Unbound. Um, the book's looking like it's probably going to be called Plant Powered. Um, that's currently at 22% funded. So anything you can pledge to support that, I'll be massively, massively grateful or sharing it on social media. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I hang out there most of the time. It's the Plant Powered PT. Um, and yeah, YouTube, Adam Stansbury. 
You'll be able to find me on there. So awesome. yeah, yeah. Great, so, guys. Man. I hope you do um, look Adam up, engage with Adam, and um, sort of digest some of his content. And that that book sounds awesome. I've listened to the first chapter that you put up on your oh, cool. Instagram TV. Thanks, it sounds man. it's really powerful, really, really powerful. And we touched on very, very lightly touched on some of those some of those factors here yeah, the, in today. So yeah, the nice thing is that the book is taking it. The crowdfunding process does take quite a while, um, but the the good thing about that is it, it won't actually go into to production until it's 100% funded. So actually, whilst this process is going on, I'm learning a lot more as well and having more of these kind of conversations. So it just means that the content that I've already written for the book is just going to get better until it's um, 100% funded. So process. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And you're learning on the way. Yeah. And, you're, you know, we're, we're all on a journey. All we? evolving. Yeah, absolutely, we're all yeah. evolving. And that, that there's no point... Um, thinking otherwise really no awesome okay um guys if you um liked what adam and i were talking about and you'd like the podcast um please 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 share it on social um subscribe itunes stitcher all that good stuff and review us as well thank you very much for listening namaste awesome so guys what did you think of Adam? Pretty impressive story, right? And uh, he's doing some amazing things in, in, in the health space now and, and really opening people's eyes to, to what's possible. And has it got you wondering about a plant-based diet? Mm, I'd love to know your feedback on this episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Lots more coming right around the corner. So stay posted for the next episode and like and share to your heart's content. Um, and we shall speak soon. Take care, brothers and sisters.